Titles, go. Ancient Gaming. <laughs> the Gobble Wobble. <laughs> Jiggery Pokery. You can say it. <laughs> the roads are safe. I can't take Corp seriously. Um, Edison the Thief. <laughs> From Aliens. Daddy's home. Float jacking. You. Try that again. Kicker you. All right. I'm still going bald. Fuck yeah, you are. Fuck me. <laughs> but I got tape until it's been stolen. Oh, it's been stolen too. Fuck this show. <laughs> <clears throat> All right. Let's do this. Warning, what you are about to hear contains explicit language, adult themes, and potentially disturbing content. The views and opinions expressed are those of the hosts and do not reflect the opinions of anyone else, anywhere, ever, in the history of the world. This podcast is intended for an immature audience and should not be listened to by anyone, anywhere, ever, in the history of the world. You know, fuck it, you've been warned. Hello, welcome to this week's edition of Geek Pod. I'm your host, Paul. I'm Hugh. I'm Kev. I'm going bald. I'm Jack. No. <laughs> Guys, what's got you geeked? I got a question for everyone. Okay. Raise your hands if you've had a colonoscopy. I'm lucky. No. No, it's only only Kev. Okay. I, finally... I am over 50. I finally had a colonoscopy slash endoscopy yesterday. And you loved and, it. No, we could just hold on a second, all right? I have a story to tell. So one minute I'm in the room and this guy says, this will help you relax. And I'm just out. The next thing I know, it's an hour later. I'm in a different room. Said guy is gone and I'm half naked under a blanket and confused. Like all the girls Kevin dated in college. But, you know, like, honestly, I, guys, I if, you've, if you've never had a colonoscopy it isn't anything to be scared of the worst part of it was the fact that they had to try four times to get an iv in me so Ooh. both of my hands are all fucked up now but literally I, I i'm laying there they have the the thing in my mouth because they're also doing the endoscopy <laughs> yeah they put a thing in your mouth <laughs> and uh like all right you know th this is gonna start making you drowsy i'm laying there i'm like oh yeah i think i hear it happening and then boom out i wake up in the recovery room and honestly like i thought at least my throat would hurt i don't even feel like anything <laughs> happened okay you use a lube it's it's <laughs> fine but it's that's not the point kevin the point is a lot of people are freaked out about getting this done and they put it off i mean literally i do i if i didn't know that they'd shoved a fiber optic camera up my ass yesterday i wouldn't have any idea i have no idea at all i, I don't feel don't feel it um the only really bad part was they apparently had to like they blow air up there or something, I guess, to inflate intestines. And they, they had to take out nine polyps. So they had to use a lot. That's I guess that's more than usual. And they had to use a lot of air. So when I woke up, they're like, oh, you might feel kind of gassy. It felt like my stomach was going to explode. And I had to like run to the bathroom and I just had to just let rip for like 10 minutes, the biggest farts ever. I'm sure that they could hear it at the desk, but I'm just like, I don't care. You know, I mean, they've, they've just seen my ass anyway. It doesn't matter. Uh, 
But yeah, it's not anything to be uh, freaked out about. So I don't know if any, well, you other gentlemen who have not had one, you need to get it done because, uh, you know, cancer in those areas, they've dropped the the guidance from 50 years old to 45 because mm-hmm. they're starting to see a lot more uh, cancer in guys in their mid 40s. It's not a big deal. I mean, the prep kind of sucks, I guess. It wasn't even all the the drinking the stuff and the like shitting my guts out. The worst part was the fact that I could have nothing but liquids, you know, that whole last day. That really sucked, but I, the process is simple. Uh, the other thing I'm geeked about, and I really would have talked about more, was uh, the very first of the 60th anniversary Doctor Who specials premiered this past weekend. But then there's a whole trans controversy about it, and I probably just shouldn't get into it. So all I'll say is that the episode was fucking awesome, and it really felt like Doctor Who took a step back to... 2010 when it was running on all cylinders it really felt like the gang was back together again and i hope uh so far as i've read the ratings seem to reflect that uh there's another special this saturday and a third one next saturday and then there's a christmas special with the new doctor who hasn't officially premiered yet so i'm I, a lot of doctor who this holiday season and i couldn't be happier outstanding that's cool all right um so we haven't recorded in a while, so literally, I'm always like, I want to say this, but we're not recording this week, so I want to keep pushing it off. So, what's got me geeked? I just sent you guys all a picture, and Paul, if you do me a favor and post that uh, for what's got me geeked. So, this is pretty cool. Wait I've a minute. Always... Whoa, whoa. How did you get pictures of his colonoscopy? I know. It's the gas man. I got uh-huh. gassy in room 1A. I got the colonoscopy <laughs> pictures. Got all like that spikely angle. I got right in there. Um, you did <laughs> it wasn't pretty at all that is one dirty camera did you expect it to be and now we know hairy, why but and now we know why his throat doesn't hurt you could have shaved a little hue it was a little hairy in there too man <laughs> um, so what's got me geeked was um i've always wanted to get these was uh, these philadelphia eagles mano wines they're mano's the creator they um create wine for sports teams and i got the Super Bowl 52 filled up the Eagles bottle of wine and the old school bottle of wine as well. Uh, for these two bottles of wine, it was $135. I was like, fuck. Um, but um, I've already had one bottle. So one bottle's already gone. But they're, they're actually, it's if you like wine, I like wine. It's like a dark red wine. It's actually very good. But um, it's pretty neat because they're uh, pretty, they're handcrafted. So it says on the back when they won the Super Bowl, it talks about their old school logo. And I think um, they look really cool in my bar area, which I really like. I wanted to get these when they first won the Super Bowl, but these bottles of wine were like $80, $90 and still a lot of money, but it was like around $60 for a bottle of wine. And I think they look really cool in my bar setup. And it's just something little simple. Corpse knows the Eagles are 10 and one, which is I'm very happy with the season so far. Uh, still want another Super Bowl, but um, these bottles of wine are really cool to have. And like I said, one bottle's gone, and you never know. Maybe if I go missing the podcast, I might drink another bottle tonight. <laughs> so we'll just see uh, Jack stumble across the frame later with a bottle in his hand. Uh, uh, my, so, uh, what was it? Put it in a brown it? paper bag and drink it on the show. So, exactly. so, so, so far, two people have gotten the ass. Okay, who's next? <laughs> <laughs> well played. Well played. Um, no, that's what's got me geek though, those bottles of wine, and I've always wanted to get them, and I'm happy to have them. You do realize they're only worth that unless they're opened, right? 
I don't care. I, I'm very happy to have right. them, though. But they're limited edition, too. But I still – actually, Kev, I still have the um, Frosted Flakes and the Pringles from Celebration not opened. Me, too. <laughs> you still have I those? Happen, I happen to know where the ones that I got are. <laughs> Me, too. Oh, here you are. <laughs> <laughs> not open with him, either. No, they will never get opened, I'm sure. Nope. Those are special. All right, I'm done now. <laughs> Corbs. So, yeah. I'll, I'll guess I'll go. Mine, mine is uh, I got me geeked is from today. So, um, well, kind of a bit of both. I uh, had another eye doctor appointment, so I got a shot in my eye today. That was fun. Um, but and they dilated my eyes, so I took the day off only because you know dilating, I couldn't really see shit, couldn't drive. So sitting in front of a computer all day is not going to be the most fun. So I took the day off. So I decided to. Make an appointment for my son to take his learner's permit test. So I did that today at 3.20. Took him over to the DMV to take his learner's permit. And he failed the first test. And I did not know this, that you can take it right after. The written? No, no, no. It's on computer now. Oh, oh well, okay. Yeah. yeah. But yes, Kevin, when you and I and Paul and everybody yeah, 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 that yeah. written one, you had to wait like six weeks before you could take it again or whatever. Mm-hmm. They, they literally could. He took it. He failed by missed. He missed one question. Yeah. So he, he needed to have fourteen correct out of twenty. He got thirteen correct out of twenty. And then so I, you know, we waited. The guy called. They called us back in. They're like, hey, you know, you didn't. You you, you missed by one question. He goes, do you want to take it again? And I looked at the guy. I was like, wait a minute. He could take it again <laughs> right now. He's like, he's like, yeah, we got an hour. He could take it three more times if he fails. It doesn't really matter. I was like, well, f- shit, go ahead and take it again. And then so he took it again and he passed it. So awesome. My son got his learner from it today. So wonderful. So stay off the sidewalks. Yeah. So, roads are safe. He'll be fine. Roads are safe. The hair is coming. <laughs> so far, two people got it in the ass. One person got it in the face, right in the eye. So, okay, <laughs> who's next? You okay? I did not get it in the ass or in the face, um, yet. Sure, yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> but Snowdio is coming up two weeks, two weeks, two weeks. Uh, so that's cool. Season opener for the winter fun time, and we're getting hammered up here. We are getting a lot of snow. I got a lot of snow in my front yard, a lot of it will be gone before the for the next week's over, um, but or even this week's over actually. Yeah, but it's nice like to see 45 or something like that. Yeah, up in the uh, high market area, Constableville, up on the other side of Tug Hill, they got um 40 plus inches. And wow. uh, a couple people are out with their sleds and they show them buried in snow banks and <laughs> they had a real good time. Yeah, so that's coming up. Uh, that uh, for people that don't know what Snowdio is, it's a uh, it's a good time up in Old Forge. Um, all the different snowmobile dealerships and the Adirondack Association get together and uh, put on a little event, uh, show off the new sleds, uh, talk about new gear, new stuff, uh, give away some stuff, and uh, just generally have a happy time up in uh, Old Forge. And if there's enough snow, then we take our sleds and we actually ride them. Used to be that uh, we rode them every year, but the last few years has been kind of sketchy. So... Either way, we'll be in Old Forge for Snowdio and uh, having a good time. Oh, there's also a sled drag. Um, one of the big things about uh, Snowdio was always uh, pitting all the new sleds against each other. So brand new, 
box stock sleds. So they take them out of the crate and they put them on a, uh, on a drag strip and they run them uh, one at a time. They don't run them against each other. They run them one at a time. Same rider runs every sled um, to see how quick it is. Um, they do a, um, I think it's 600 feet that they do um, a timed run, see how quickly the sled can go. So it's it's fun to see what the stats are for the new sleds and how quick they are. And, and then you go and you look at how light they are and, and what's going on. It's very interesting because uh, Yamaha just announced that this is their last year for making snowmobiles. So, yeah, they will not be making some other wow. So we're going to go from four manufacturers down to three. Yamaha and Articat had really been sharing a lot of their technology. So even though there was four manufacturers, it was really only three. Um, Yamaha provided some engines, and then Articat built most of the sleds for um, for Yamaha. So, But it's still uh, still a fun thing to do in the winter if you got nothing else going on. Uh, and we'd love to do it. So... Right, outstanding uh and for me i mean i can't believe nobody's mentioned it yet it was what's got me geek this past week was uh was uh thanksgiving i mean <laughs> we got to do the gobble wobble man <laughs> okay i don't know about the rest of you but just by the time dinner's done you're practically rolling yourself to the couch no okay <laughs> i you just like saying the gobble wobble you you made it to the couch that's that's good i did it was a Herculean effort, but I made it there, and then I didn't fucking move again because you know dessert and everything came to me at that point. So nice, sitting there like a should be. fat fucking king, you know, practically Jabba the goddamn hut on the couch. Just do, do you good to solo? Do you cook the turkey or just someone else in your house? Kristen cooks. I didn't know if you did it out in the grill or anything. No, no, we've got, we've got to try our our. We've got one of those propane things that i want to try with house burners yeah basically yes mm. it's deep fryer. oh the deep fryer yeah, Duncans, i think they're called it's oh, uh it's, it's an infrared kind of thing it's not like where you drop it into the oil and shit. right i mean we need that shit for content that's God. we'll get it branded and everything <laughs> put a sticker on the outside of it that can burst into flames <laughs> I'll even bring you a know, fire extinguisher. We had a weird thing happen at Thanksgiving. Um, I make the turkey the same way every year. I did nothing different this year. Um, but for some reason, now one of the things I do is I, I take an apple and onion and two cinnamon sticks, and I put them in the microwave and water for five minutes, and I put it inside the cavity of the bird before I put it in the oven so they, the aromatics can flavor the breast. It's the first time the cinnamon actually came through in the drippings in the gravy, which was weird because, I mean, I do it the same way every year, but there was a, a very slight. It's not like the gravy tasted like cinnamon, but you were like, there's something different here. It wasn't awful. My wife really wasn't a fan because it wasn't my traditional gravy, but I don't think it was a failure because it wasn't bad. It was just really weird. I don't know why this is the first time that happened. Hmm. This had nothing to do with the fact that you had the giant turkey schlong going on. That wasn't my <laughs> shown actual, here. That wasn't my actual turkey, Paul. I grabbed that picture off Facebook <laughs> and shared it with you guys to make you laugh. It worked. Now, hopefully, the fans, both of them, will make a good ha out of it. No, uh, I took the schlong <laughs> out of my turkey and put it in the bottom of the pan to flavor the uh, gravy. Yes, with your cinnamon sticks. 
So did you? And know those that? were in the cavity of the bird. Oh, that's right. You shoved them up the. There we go again. So the the so bird got theme. a colonoscopy too. <laughs> All right. Um, so and one more thing to add for my what's got me geeked. Uh, and Hugh, it'll come as no surprise to you because you were very quick to text me. Uh, but the best in the world's back. And I would have wore the shirt, but I wore it the other day. Um, CM Punk made his uh, debut back on uh, WWE at Survivor Series. Um, Never would have thought it was going to happen. Uh, you know what? In Triple H's tech, um, tweet. Froze over. Yes, that was the best thing. What? Mighty chilly in hell. And it was a picture of him and uh, Punk shaking hands. So, you um, know, I noticed though his promo on Monday Night Raw. I mean, yeah, there was the whole, you know, I'm back and I'm home thing, which everyone's making a big deal about. That was not the same level of CM Punk energy we saw in AEW. Uh, he definitely, they're like, you know, you better watch yourself. <laughs> because you're not getting out of line and i mean this is really his last chance it to is. make big money 100 percent. and i mean he even said at the end of that um he's not there to make friends thing. To- i'm not there to make friends i'm there to make money which i found kind of funny because he starts off with oh i'm here i'm home this is home you know you guys it's all about you guys big love big love fuck you pay me yeah that's pretty much yeah and I mean, let's let's be honest. Yes, he's going to play to the crowd. They have to make him a baby face, at least for a little while, because everyone's going to be so jacked to see him. He he cannot get over as a heel right now, so he's got to play baby face. But then the real punk, the real Pepsi Phil, showed through at the end there. <laughs> so, But I'm super excited to see him. Madison popped. Like, she was all about it when that hit. And it was funny because the, the whole show, you go the whole show, and if you guys don't know what I'm talking about, the, the, didn't watch it, um, at the end of the pay-per-view, like like first we had our a big return with Randy Orton. Was there was there an invitation for a pay-per-view no, that I because missed? I wasn't even sure I was going to be home. Oh, we had wow. other shit going on. And I literally got home within for, with 10 minutes to spare before the show started. Um, and Dave even tried to invite himself. <laughs> that was great. <laughs> uh but anyway the whole show goes through we get the big ending with with randy orton returning and then all of a sudden the music hits and i was confused i just kind of sat there going (laughs) and then he comes out with his really bad haircut by the way i noticed that um and i'm just like this is fucking real. Holy shit. So then I had to stay up and watch the press conference to find out. But but to everybody, you know, for, for you guys, I kept my mouth shut because I had my phone in my hand. I was ready to start texting at that point already. And I'm like, you know what? I don't know if these guys are watching. I don't want to ruin it. So I, I, I kept my mouth that, shut. Because yes. that wasn't ruined for me. Good. And it was really clever that they threw up the fucking graphic at the end of the always shows up at the end of the pay-per-view. Before they yes. cut the camera off, you know the, the you know WWE 2023 whatever they they played that to make people think it was over, and it was on the screen for an awful long time. And I'm just like, this this because I always wait for it to go to the the recap video that they do. Yes, the package shut it off, and yeah, then his music hits, and I I was actually wondering 
could they possibly fucking be trolling people just because they're in Chicago and it's been talked about all week and everyone's like, CM Punk's coming back at Survivor Series and everyone else is like, that's never going to fucking happen. <laughs> right. The last time he showed up to one of their shows, Vince McMahon kicked him out. Yes. You know, it, Said, it's not going to happen. You got to go. Yeah. Wow. Um, yeah. It was like the secret that wasn't a secret. Everyone was talking about it just because people always make up rumors. We're used to this. They say, mm -hmm. oh, this is going to happen at this show, and it never does. So we just right. all assumed that that's what this was because it was – like I saw a headline. CM Punk is spotted in Chicago ahead of WWE Survivor Series. Is he going to show up? <laughs> no, he fucking lives there. Right. <laughs> he was probably getting groceries. Leave he him didn't alone. leave the city just because they came to town. <laughs> right. It's not like a restraining order. I got to go there they're, they're here i gotta go <laughs> um yeah but like you said monday night not everybody's happy to see him so um and i don't know how much of that's real or how much is a work but i've seen some of the the fan footage of seth's reaction to him yeah that was that was good if it was a uh, yeah fake. that that man deserves an academy award uh you know what though no it wasn't because here's the thing um whether he likes CM Punk or not, being a, a dickhead to a guy that they just brought in and they're paying probably millions of dollars to come in there, there's no way they'd let him do that unless it was – they're like, hey, this is what you're going to do or you're a lot – it's okay. I just I, – I don't feel like anything that happens in that company isn't scripted in some way, shape, or form. Potentially. I, I agree. But it just I found it weird that even the announced team had to go up and like diffuse Seth. Um, also, did you see the one with Aria? Have you seen that video? Yep. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Hers, I feel, was more scripted because she's a bad guy, and it's got you know it's got to be that way. But I mean, I guess we'll see. I mean, I, I mean, are we really going to get Seth Punk at WrestleMania forty? Could that I see them? Sense putting the title on him already yes you're gonna spend the money on the guy you know he's gonna bring in money i think it already worked for me because literally the next day i already sent the link to Kristen to his new shirt on wwe.com and i was like hey christmas is coming so <laughs> yes guys i'm a huge cm punk mark if you didn't know already no, no but it just means nothing to you anyway kevin so <laughs> It's okay. It's okay. But let's move on. This is not the wrestling segment. I'm sorry. Um, I, I want to throw one thing out there. Uh, very recently, I actually had a chance to listen to an interview with um, Dwayne Johnson, mm -hmm. where he talked about how he got into wrestling, talked about his father, who was a phenomenal wrestler himself. Never talked really got about, the credit he deserved. Yes. No, I, 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 fully believe that based on just what little bit of searching I did on him. Um, also in a time when wrestlers just didn't get paid. Very true. At all. I mean, yeah. they did all sorts of work to do the, what they did and they didn't get paid. Um, it was also a lot more physical, uh, more, more, not that it's not physical now, but they're actually, way more protected now. Yes, it was right. It was actually a, a real physical wrestling game. Or, you know, competition where they had to actually wrestle the other guy. Yeah, um, now we have a concussion protocol. Back then, they had a concussion punch card. And when you filled it right. up, everybody paid for your drinks after the show. <laughs> and a free pizza, too, probably. So the, the only thing I want to say is what I found really interesting was the 
the how and the why behind the um, the switch that got flipped with him uh, with the Rock when he went from you know the most hated to um, there was a point when because what he was told to do was he was told to be forget what the term was he used basically the fall guy the bad guy the there's heel. a term for that heel the heel the heel he was told to be a heel and he played it off he hated it every single day he hated it this is him speaking now i i don't know what you saw i don't know what you experienced but i'm just going by the interview and then he flipped that where um he went back on the audience and i guess that's about the time that things changed and people started thinking about him a little bit differently, um, which I thought was very interesting. And that's, that's all I really wanted to say was I know him. I knew he was a wrestler. Never saw him wrestle, seen him in quite a few movies. think he's kind of okay. Sometimes I think it's really the writing that makes him a, a, a good in a movie more than, more than him, because he's another one of those actors. That's always Dwayne, the rock Johnson. But anyway, all I had to say. All right. <laughs> I think I heard um at least more than a few bits of that interview you were listening to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I hesitate to say where I saw the interview, but if anybody I has think seen we were, one recently, at least, you'll know where it is. Yeah, yeah. I don't want to. I don't want to advertise the fact that I listen to that show at all. Well, that and I'm sure they need the uh, the the promotion. You know. Yeah. No. Uh, so let's move it along, guys. What are you playing? Nothing. <laughs> I played uh, Sniper Elite 5. What was Made it? Made it back to it. Yeah, I got back into it. Um, I got through like three missions. I finished the first one. Um, then I finished well, I finished the first two. So I'm on to the third one now. But but my uh, so I was playing and my son's like, you know, you can you don't have to kill everybody that's in there. I'm like, where's the fun in that? <laughs> like, I got to find every single person on this map and kill them before I go back and get all the collectibles. And he's like, well, why would you do that? You know, I mean, it's it's fun to, to do. It's fun to try to do it. Like sometimes, you know, you, you have to hit them with the sniper rifle. But a lot of times, you know, to me, it's like trying to walk up on somebody <laughs> and, and just kill them silently, you know, stab them type of thing, break their neck type of thing. That to me is the fun part of it. You can run through a place and shoot everybody as you're running through, but you know they sound the alarm and everybody comes running, and then you're running around and killing everybody, and whatnot. It's it's not as fun to do that, but you know I try to go through like I was saying and just you know melee kill everyone, which is you know silently kill everyone. So, but I think there's five or six or seven missions or something like that. I'm on three right now. So nice. So, but yeah, I've been playing that. I played that a couple times. I was was going to get back into Valhalla, but I gave it to my brother to play for a little while. So he was supposed to, I was going to have him bring it back to Thanksgiving, and I forgot to call him in time, so we didn't bring it. So I'm sure he's not playing it anyway. I think he's uh, pretty wrapped up in something else right now. Yeah, I think he is too. <laughs> All right. Um, I, uh, been play- I've actually played a couple different things recently. Still playing uh, Walking Dead No Man's Land on a daily basis. Finally got a chance to try out the Mortuary Assistant, which is a computer game. Really interesting. You actually perform like auto- like embalming and shit. Like fucking... Yeah, it- it's pretty graphic. Um, 
but the, the the probably the most interesting thing I've done is I've been I went circled back around and I've been trying to get my you know send and light gun working. Well, I mean I have it working on my computer, but it, it works for like a couple games and there's a bunch of games I just cannot get it to work on. But I, the thing is like it's not really the gun. I can't get those games to run. So the gun's uh, pro- software is probably fine. I, I I can't seem to find the correct. I'm running a front end, and then there are other programs because depending on where this game from is it arcade is it PC is it you know emulated from somewhere else. There's one emulator called Techno Parrot which d- does a lot of arcade emulation, and that'll start up in the background. And if I shut the the system off, Techno Parrot will still be running. I can't figure out. Like everyone says, well, you have to set up everything manually for each game in Techno Parrot. But I go to Techno Parrot, the game's listed there. It's like, what the fuck do I set? I, I don't understand what I'm supposed to set. It looks like it's set up anyway. Decided to try to go a different way. Uh, I discovered that there was one Sindin plug and play um, image. It's a Batisera image, which is Linux. Um, I downloaded it from Arcade Punks, uh, but it's it's uh, you have to put it on a bootable drive. So I, I grabbed a 256 gigabyte um, flash drive, loaded it on there. Wasn't exactly sure. I plugged it into my gaming computer, turned it on, nothing happened. My computer just booted up. Finally figured it out. Hold down F12, choose the drive you want to boot from. Kevin already knows this stuff. I learned something new today. Um, Oh, no, it's good. That's good. I love hearing this stuff. So (laughs) I finally, I got that thing to run. And here's the the great thing about it. It actually works exactly like it says. It puts up the border around the screen for send in. But I discovered that it really only runs the older games. So it's not a solution to the overarching problem I'm running into. Like it'll run House of the Dead 1 and 2. And yeah, I love those games. But, you know, I really want to play 3, 4, and Scarlet Dawn and other more modern games that can be run on computer. People are doing it. I just... Now, now I have two places where I can play some of the games I want to play. It looks like I'm going to have to go a third direction, and hopefully that'll complete the collection. But it's a lot of jiggery-pokery. Jiggery-pokery. Paul, it sounds to me like Hugh's going to have a house like your buddy there before long. Oh, yeah. I got Just you. Yes. Emulators. Everywhere, and... Yes. There's a pinball system here. There's an emulator system there. There's another different one there. Every freaking game you can think of. I can just I see you doing that. I don't have the room for that. I've, I've got my pinball machine behind me, and then I've got my computer and big screen set up. And that big screen is, That's... there's the emulators on the computer. There's the emulators on my Raspberry Pi. It's all plugged into that. Um, That's how it starts. That's how it starts. Well, but that's how it started. Like for a few years, I've been working on that. I, I literally don't have the room to do what you're talking about. If I did, I would absolutely. But there's no more room, unless I move the cat box. So, Rock the cat box, man. Sorry, what's up? There's always there's always the basement. No, I'm just kidding. That's different. That's my basement. Is <laughs> that's different. <laughs> All right. Well, if nobody else is playing anything, because I'm not, I've had no time to get into anything. Uh, I do want to mention that uh, we they just announced season two of AEW Fight Forever, um, with three more DLCs coming. Uh, the first that already dropped was uh, Dynamite the Elite, not the Elite, um, the Acclaimed. So the Acclaimed oh, are in the game now. Yes. So so two more people who should have been there in there on launch day. They were tag champs at the time that game launched, and they weren't in the game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, you know the the current Dynamite 
um, arena, which also should have been in the game. Maybe by um, season five, they'll have a complete game. Maybe. <laughs> so let's move it along uh, to a different complete game because it's time Uh-oh. for Kev's Tabletop Review. Did it. We got to roll right into it? Yes. All right. I got one for you this week. Um, I actually had a chance to play this game at my uh, wife's sister's house. She had it. Um, she had it out. Uh, there was some kids over. Um, some of the some of the siblings had their had their children along in tow, and one of the little monsters wanted to play some games. So I sat down and took a look at what we had going on. This game was one of them. Did a little bit of research on this game, took some pictures of it, and took, uh, looked up some reviews. Found out that this game is over 250 years old. That's right. Ancient gaming. Yes, this is this is an older game. And I'm going to read you a little bit about what Board Game Geek has on this. The game is called Shut the Box. Not, no, not. <laughs> it's shut the box. All right. Um, you roll dice and combine the outcome so you can knock down the most numbered tiles. I'll explain the layout to you in a few minutes. I sent Paul some pictures and hopefully he'll be able to uh, li- link them into the uh, podcast. Um, two to four players, 30 minute playing time, ages eight and up. And here's the fun part. Weight 1.08 out of five. This is probably one of the easiest games that I have ever reviewed on this podcast. What's cool about this game is not that it is simple, but that it's simple and it teaches some simple math skills. So it'd be great for teaching a a younger child how to play a game or just giving it to them and letting them at it. You can really play this game one player and you can play it up to uh, a lot of the instructions say up to four, two to four. But I found some of these uh, board setups that are set up for up to six players. Let me just explain this to you how it works. Picture a little wooden box, short sides, maybe an inch, inch and a half tall. And there's a wooden dowel along one end of it. And on that wooden dowel are uh, nine little um pieces of wood that have numbers on them, one through nine. And the idea is you flip these numbers down, closing the box, the little part of the box that they're in, as you roll two dice. And what you do is when you roll the dice, if I roll two uh, dice, I get two and four, okay? I can either put down the two tile and the four tile, or I can put down the six tile. You continue to roll the dice until you cannot close any more of the tiles, okay? So after you have closed tiles 7, 8, and 9, you can modify the rules and say now you can only roll one die if you want. If you're down to tiles 1, 2, and 4, and you roll a 6 and a 1, you can complete the game because you can put the four, the two, and the one down. If you roll a six and a two, 
you can't complete the game. Whatever's left up, that's your score. And there's also different ways to score. The one, the two, and the four could be scored as seven, or they could be scored as 124. It all depends on how you want to run the rules. And as long as you run them consistently, you'll have a great time. What I found for games, I looked on Amazon, and what I found for games are a simple box game, like I like I described, it, as if it were for one player, but you would play yours. You play your complete hand. You play through until you can't play anymore. Then the next person will play, and the next person will play. Or there are other games that have four, five, or six different sides. So you can actually play one at a time where everybody gets their own set of two dice and everyone plays they i roll i do mine paul rolls he does his hugh rolls he does his etc all the way around until we get to the point where no one can play any longer and then you take your scores and the lowest score wins because if you're totaling your numbers obviously the higher the numbers you have the worse you did so the lowest score would win very, very, very simple game. Very attractive game. If you see some of these game setups, you can see very quickly how you could do something very simple for a travel game, something uh, very durable for children, if you wanted to get them for young children, um, or something very, very nice if you wanted to have something with a nice finished look to it because you wanted to get it out with some other friends that you're going to have sitting around. I, I, I think this is a great little game. It should be in everybody's game closet, sideboard, wherever you keep your games. This is one of those things that has endured and I think will continue to endure. Prices anywhere from $9 on eBay up to a little over $20 on Amazon for brand new games. Absolutely no reason not to own this game. Just a, 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 a great little game. $17.50 is what's listed on board game geek is when this game first came out they don't really know for sure um it's uh it's in public domain now so there's a ton of different uh publishers and and manufacturers and it goes by i'm sorry did you say something about a geek pod shut the box game you know what (laughs) that's not a bad idea i like that that's your game for the week. Shut the box. Outstanding. Okay. Uh, look for that on Amazon in the coming weeks when we figure out how to jump on that. <laughs> All right. I buy I think, one. Right. I, I know a guy who does wood burning too. So perfect. Well, we know uh-huh. somebody who does laser engraving as well. Yes, we do. Yeah. Um, anyway. <laughs> I think it's a good time to throw it to break and we'll come back with the news. Stick with us, guys. Hi, this is Craig Palmer. If you ever aspire to be a wrestler, come on down to Upstate Wrestling Entertainment located at 1121 Glenwood Avenue in York. We're open every Tuesday and Thursday from 6.30 p.m. until 9 p.m. Come on down and join us. See you then. (laughs) 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 
looking for the hottest new comic on the shelf or a keyback issue to complete your run? How about that rare statue or action figure that you've scoured the internet looking for? Come to Collectibles Galore, located in North Syracuse with ample off-street parking. Collectibles Galore has a huge selection of comics, toys, and rare pop culture items you won't find anywhere else. Comics Galore is always buying comics and toys and will give you the fairest price for your collection. New customers get 15% off their first purchase in-store. Collectibles Galore for all of your pop culture needs. Stop in and see for yourself why Collectibles Galore is THE king of comics. Before you ask your 12-year-old a normal question and she flips out asking why you have to make everything weird, here's the news. For real, we are we are watching The Walking Dead right now and Negan showed up and killed people and I asked Avery what she thought of Negan and she said, why can't we just watch it? Why do you have to ask questions and make it weird? Anyway, first up, walking it back. Warner Brothers opened up a huge can of worms recently when they announced they were shelving their Wiley Coyote film for a tax break, much like they did with Batgirl. The big difference was that Coyote vs. Acme was not only finished, but had super positive test screenings. The $70 million mixed live-action animation film looked like it was going to be a hit, and the media and Hollywood immediately flipped the fuck out. It's one thing to dump an unfinished film that you don't want to spend more money on but completely to take a completely different movie that's com all done and just shelving it i mean that's ridiculous those people spent three years completing a testing and testing a film and there were interested buyers people actually wanted to buy this film but warner brothers was refusing to sell they wouldn't even entertain any offers after the huge outcry they stepped back onto the ledge unlike wiley coyote and said they would allow the filmmakers to shop the film around for a potential buyer i, I just don't get it it's like they made a thing People want to buy the thing, and they decide to throw it in the trash without even seeing if they could sell it for more than the cost. This is why Warner Brothers is in so much trouble. It isn't superhero fatigue. It's stupidity. Even lawmakers in Congress called for the FTC to look into this, saying it's like burning down a building for the insurance money. I mean, they should not be looking at Hollywood and trying to do investigations there. They have bigger fish to fry. Next up. At least we don't have to fear another season. As of this recording, the two-part series finale of Fear the Walking Dead is in the rear view, and thank fucking God this big steaming pile of horseshit is over. I once regarded the show as the good Walking Dead show. Now it's almost a Mad Magazine parody of itself. Where the southeast U.S. is only about 20 square miles, characters can find anyone or anything almost immediately unless the story is they spend all season looking for them. And where characters flip-flop more often than presidential candidates. And logic and continuity has no home. Now, is anyone watching? The, did anyone watch this last season? All right. I just want to give you... One sample episode close to the end. I think it was three, two or three episodes to the end. Three, three episodes for the end. Okay, so Troy, who died in in the dam in season four, I think, is back. He has a daughter, and uh, Strand kidnaps his daughter. Everyone else comes back, says, "No, we're going to give the daughter back to Troy because that makes sense." So they're all on a boat, and they're going down a river, 
and they're going to find Troy and take his daughter back to him. His daughter jumps off the boat, somehow manages to swim to shore with her hands tied together. Strand jumps out after her and finds her. They both immediately find Madison, who left the group and is just killing zombies somewhere. And they're like, oh, hey, let's go off and do this thing. They immediately find the truck stop where all of the other characters have been showing up in all this time. They decide to go off and try to find uh, where this girl says Alicia's walker is. They kick Strand out of the truck in, a, in the middle of a bunch of walkers. And immediately the, the big gun truck shows up with alicia's angels in it do you, do you know what i'm talking about i didn't know alicia had angels oh a lot of, changed a, a bunch of girls inspired by alicia just happened to be right there so literally they kick strand out of the truck he's about to get eaten they show up right there even though they weren't following them i mean i just i, I don't fucking know okay 10 minutes later it's winter and zombies are frozen to the ground and this little girl says you know my mother died because of what you and Alicia did. And we finally got that story. I was going to say something about how ridiculous that was. It is still ridiculous because here's the logic. This guy wants to kill Madison because after she tried to kill him, this girl saves him. They're together. They have a baby. She follows Madison. And he's at no point is like, hey, you know what? Maybe you shouldn't listen to that person on the radio. She tried to fucking kill me. And then when she dies, he's like, it's Madison's fault. This makes no fucking sense at all. Fuck this shit. I hope Andrew Chambliss and Ian Goldberg die and spend eternity in hell wow. on the set of Cop Rock. <laughs> and finally, bird talk. In what might be the strangest story of the week, the Puteki Teki bird has won the Bird of the Century contest in New Zealand. This is somehow a yearly contest, but whatever. It's notable because comedian and TV host John Oliver is the reason. A few weeks ago on Last Week Tonight, he announced he was naming himself the campaign manager for the Puteki Techie and took billboards and advertisements out all over the world, urging folks to vote for this strange bird. Since the contest is open to the entire world, you can imagine how that went. The Puteki Techie won by an enormous landslide, and many in New Zealand are angry that a Brit has once again used their power and influence to run things in another country. Although it's been strange hearing New Zealand refer to him as a powerful American comedian with a huge following. Now, don't get me wrong. John Oliver might be my favorite comedian currently, but he's like the last place comedian in the hierarchy in this country. Kind of like David Hasselhoff being a huge singer in Germany. I mean, <laughs> I, but he describes them as weird puking birds with colorful mullets. What's not to love? I mean, if that isn't a good argument for British colonialism, I don't know what is. And that's the news, kids. Now, I have to get back to making my list of canned responses whenever Avery asks me a question. For example, what's for dinner? Why can't you just eat it? Why do you have qu ask questions and make it weird? Can I sleep over at my friend's? Why can't you just sleep here? Why do you have to ask questions and make it weird? And finally, can you buy this for me? Why can't we just be poor? Why do you have to ask for things and make it weird? Paul? In other news, yes. Donald Duck comic books were banned in Finland. Because he doesn't wear pants. Back to you, Corbs. You ever wonder that, though? That's why I never read the books. But have you ever wondered why Donald Duck, when he gets out of the shower, wraps a towel around his waist, but when he's walking around, he doesn't wear pants? Maybe he's yeah. trying to dry his feathers but off. <laughs> Is that a euphemism? No, he's trying to dry his feathers off because he got out of the shower. 
It's weird. He's worried about. Get it. What, he's worried about what my, what's coming. <laughs> From Finland. Wouldn't, wouldn't that be Daisy? <laughs> we really need to move on here. <laughs> oh my god. Spurts. Spurts. <coughs> All right. Well, I guess we'll talk sports now. I don't know how you follow up that, but uh, so what's been going on in the world of sports? Not much been going on. You know, uh, let's see. So golf is starting back up, which is fun for me because more to talk about. Um, Hero World cha- challenges this weekend. Um, it's kind of like the first official start of the new season of golf. I guess you would say that there's a couple of tournaments before that that they play overseas, but this one is actually hosted by uh, Tiger Woods. Um, he has not played golf since the Masters last year. Uh, he had ankle surgery after his car accident uh, two, three years ago, where he did it, rounded a corner at 80 plus miles an hour and drove his car off a cliff into a tree and shattered his ankle, kind of like my friend Justin did, um, and broke his other leg, kind of like my friend Justin did. He had to have ankle surgery, um, knee surgery, all that stuff. He, he has said that it is a, is a success and that he is playing in this weekend's tournament. This is the first tournament since the Masters back in April, so almost uh, almost a year since he had surgery again. So be yeah, interesting to see. Um, he's kind of said that he can only play one tournament. He's only going to play one tournament in a month, or he's going to try to at least for a little while and see how it is, and then he'll probably re, um, reassess after that, after the first couple of tournaments or whatever. So be nice to see him back playing. Um, he is a little bit out. He is older now, so he's probably looking to head to the senior, ter- senior tour um, soon. Here, When you turn 50, you can play on the senior circuit. Um, so he'll probably do that. And they, they play a lot less than the, the regular circuit does. Um, so, like I said, that's – and a lot of the main guys are playing in this week's tournament. You know, all the top guys are going to be there. Um, so it would be nice to uh, – get a chance to watch that. Um, I did uh, – so SU Basketball. I know a lot of you guys don't follow SU Basketball. I'm not really following all that much. Uh, Jack's back. Yeah, that's a good – yeah. So, um, SU basketball, they played last night. Uh, They won last night. They're four and two. Um, It's good for them. Uh, Can't wait for them to get into the ACC here to see how good they actually really are. Uh, Watched a little bit of the game. They they still play the zone, the two-three zone a little bit, but they do play a little man-to-man now, which I think is their – they need to go that route. Um, I've talked to many people – um, about Bayheim and him running the zone. It was great. It was great in the 80s and the 90s and even in the early 2000s, but the game has changed and people are now shooting, can shoot over the zone. Uh, there are guys, a lot of guys are shooting the ball from the outside a lot better and that zone didn't work against that. It, it really wasn't geared to keeping guys from, it was geared to make guys shoot from the outside when they weren't doing that all that much. But now the guys are doing that and are better from out there. You need to change the, the aspect of the game, and he just didn't. I think that was his downfall. I think that's why he retired or was forced to retire. Right. Yeah. Um, 
but it, good for I mean, like I said last year when he when he decided to walk away, it's good for him. He can he can go watch his two sons play. One of his sons plays overseas. One of the sons plays in the G League, so we can kind of go and travel and do that. He can play a lot of golf, which is something that he likes to do. Issue uh, football, we'll talk about that real quick. Uh, two big things happened uh, since the last time you've been on. They fired the head coach. Um, so they were they played. I don't know if I don't know if I mentioned this the last time we were on the, the show. The last time they they played at the Dome, which I think. I think I might have mentioned questions. Yeah. Well, go ahead. So oh. at the dome last time they played, they were literally chanting to fire the head coach because they played so poorly. Um, they gave him two more games to to write the ship, and he didn't. After the second game, it was supposedly was mutual that they decided to he decided to end his tenure with the team. But it was I think it was more like they said, uh, mm-hmm. "You got to go." I guess what I was hearing too, Wild Hack was saying, like, we can give you the last game, and Dino Bay was like, nah, I'm not gonna do it. Right. So it was a mutual thing. Oh, like I think okay. I think they decided that you can put, coach the last game or you can leave now, but you're not coming back after this season. And he decided just to walk away. So they uh, the the tight end coach was the the head coach for the last game. Um, and they won the last game, which made them bowl eligible. So they're both eligible for the back-to-back years for the first time since 2013 or 2012, 2013, something like that. That's the first time they've gone back-to-back years going to a bowl game, which is good for the school. Gets some more exposure, gets them another month of playing together, and it gets them the money they get for going to the bowl game. So the school is going to get paid for them going to the bowl game, which is nice. Um, as you did hire a new head coach. Uh, it did not take long for them to hire a coach. They hired uh, the defensive back coach away from Georgia, which uh, Jack will tell you, and he knows that Georgia is the best team in the nation. Uh, they are number one. They've been number one for the past three years. Uh, they have not relinquished the spot once in three years. So hiring somebody off their staff is probably a good thing. Um, they said this guy is a fantastic recruiter. He recruits down south, which is what they need. Um, he's also from the Jersey area, so he has ties to the northeast, which helps. Um, he's going to be able to get guys to come back to school and play. So that hopefully that'll be good. They just said the same thing about Babers when they hired him, too. He's a former Syracuse guy. He coached here, played here, coached here. I think he played here. But every place he's gone, he was a winner, and he was, he was going to right the ship. And the ship kind of hit a rock. So I got to ask. Yep. It, it it sounds to me like he just gave up. Like he got to a point where he hit a wall or something. He just. I gave think you're up. right. I, I I think you're right, Kev. I do think that there was a. I think there was a spot where he just kind of was like, you know what? I'm not going to do any. You're you're going to let me go anyways. So. Well, no, no, no. Before that, no. Before that, it, because it had to get right. It had to get bad before it got real bad, right? right. So, what happened? And, and I don't expect you to know. I don't expect any of you. I don't. I know. don't really know. But, but what what could happen? Well, what the, could I mean? What what were they saying behind closed doors that? that got the man to that point where he just like, well, fuck this. I don't give a shit about anything. I don't give a shit about the program or nothing. He just gave up. It's also- I, I, 
I don't know the answer to that. So it's also kind of mutual too, because Nick Saban is the best college coach in college football, and he makes like ten to twelve million dollars a year. Where, where does that come in? Because that's where I'm getting into it. Because SU is a very cheap school, and they will only literally pay a coach maybe three million dollars. A lot of these coaches are like, fuck you. I'm not going to come to your program and try to fix it because Syracuse is a cheap school and they will not pay for like a top tier coordinator or a top tier former coach to come in here. Like we could, we should get like that Mullen guy, that Dan Mullen should have been our coach, but we don't know what yeah, happened he, behind closed doors, but yeah, he, he, doesn't was, pay a lot. he was here, but he was here before the game well, last weekend. He was actually in Syracuse, had an interview and was like, no, I'm not taking the job. Exactly. He came, out, he came out of the interview, went right to the airport, and somebody caught up to him and said, hey, are you coming here to be a coach? He's like, no, I'm not coaching here. Huh. So there's something with the AD. Wild hack. <laughs> yeah. So there's something between. Is that So, yeah, so that would be the athletic director, right? So that, that would be the idea is that there's some kind of butting heads or something. Yeah. That's causing. I mean, that's, that's, that's all I, I mean, I'm as an outsider, just seeing what's happening, you know, He's here for years, and now all of a sudden he's like, ah, I'm not even going to see it to the end. What has to happen? Because I I know what's happened in my life that caused something like that to happen. It makes me wonder what happened to him right. that pushed him over that edge. Right. That, I, I, it, the, the, it has to do, with, I think, with the last couple of years. The last couple of years, I mean, last year and this year, he started out 4-0. Both years, four and zero. Now he wasn't playing really good teams. I mean, you play Central Michigan, you play Wagner, you play Cornell, and you play. I think they played Purdue this year, and then last year they played. I don't know who they played last year, but you. you UMass. Win. What's that? UMass. <laughs> okay, so you win the first four games, and everybody's like, "Oh, great! It's going to be a great season." And then you get into your actual conference play, and you play the likes of Clemson, North Carolina. Florida State, Louisville, and these teams are blowing other teams away, and you get into these games, and you can't compete. But on the same token, you don't go out and get players that allow you to compete, and the players that you do have that are good have decided now that, okay, well, I'm good enough to play here. I'm going to go play someplace else, and if I don't play down there, I don't care because I don't want to be here. A, the weather sucks for somebody Florida to come to Syracuse to play football where it snows six months a year. Do you really want to do that? Or would you rather go to Alabama or LSU or Georgia and maybe sit on the bench? But weather's great and I'm on a top tier school. I'm going to be in a bowl game every year. So he literally, like, I think he won maybe in eight years, I think he won maybe seven or eight games in November alone when you're playing four games in November so, every year. Oh, okay. So I got more questions. Okay. So the only reason why, the only reason why a poor kid goes to college to play football is because somebody promises yeah. him the world. Yeah. Yep. And what is it about SU that brings players here? If it isn't the promise of, a world-class coach that's going to take them to the next level. It's a promise of playing time. So these kids that are coming here, they're whoever they might be. 
if they're a top tier receiver here at SU, they may not be a top tier receiver at Georgia, at Alabama. So you can go to a kid and say, okay, you you can go there and and yeah, you'll be you'll be on the national championship team or the team that's in the national championship. But are you going to be on the field showing what you can do? Because they got to play, they got to play in order for somebody to see them right. to want them for the pros. The NFL, for the pros, exactly. So if you go to if you go someplace like Alabama and don't play, well, you're not going to you're going to get the education maybe if you go to classes or not. But oh, if no. you come, if the, the, you, none of these players get an education. Let's just let's just let's just not even play that game. None right. of these players get a fucking education. They might get a degree. They don't get a fucking education I, unless they want it. Right. Unless they want it, and there are some that do. There are okay. some that come out of these programs and they do very well for themselves throughout their lives. The vast majority of them are fucking criminals before they go in and, and they're, they're criminals them. when they come out Agreed. because that's all they know. Right. So, so that was my question though. Why go to SU? But you just answered the question. Yeah. So that's interesting. And they don't, so SU is as an expensive of a proposition as it is for anyone to go there. Right. They won't pay their football coach. They paid their basketball coaches. Yep. Well, they won't play their football. Well, she was a basket. She was a basketball school. Yes, I know, but well, Bayheim. Bayheim wasn't paid like Coach K was paid around eight to ten million a year. Bayheim, even though it's still a lot of money, he was only making like about like two point five million a year. But Bayheim was a lifer. Bayheim was a lifer. Exactly, but he made money with endorsements and all that. But what Corbs is saying. Syracuse is a basketball school. We started in the Big East and then went to the ACC. Corbs, you can back me up on this because we went there for football opportunity. Daryl Gross tried to take us there, and we've been faltered ever since. Yeah, yeah. The, we we went to the ACC for basketball. It was not, no other no other thing about it. They went. The school decided to go from the Big East, where they were probably the top dog in the Big East, to the ACC, so that the schools could play against. North Carolina, Duke, Maryland, Georgia Tech, Clemson, Virginia, all these big schools that – like Duke is obviously a basketball school. Everybody knows Duke. Everybody knows Coach K. Um, North Carolina, you know, Dean Smith and all these – all those guys, Roy Williams. They're, those are schools that are always in the top ten. If North Carolina and Duke are not in the top ten, it's a – basketball is in a state of emergency if one of those two schools aren't someplace in the top 10. Um, so that was the reason why SU went from the Big East to ACC. They went for basketball competition, and that was it. There was no other reason behind them going there. People can say, well, it's a better it's a better school system. It had nothing to do with anything other than they wanted the basketball team to be in a better conference. So, so – the fan base, the the popularity of you know orange football, doesn't mean a fucking thing to them. Nope. Well, and yeah, at one point in the '90s, after Coach McPherson retired, we had Paul Pascaloni as our coach. This was in the '90s, and I was probably an early teenager. But I remember my dad watching this team, and I'm like, he's like, oh damn, we only won nine games this year. I'm like, dad, that's a good record. Syracuse in the '90s was consistently good. It wasn't great, but it was consistently good. And then when the sterile gross came in from USC, he took too much and he thought he was like, we're going to go to the promised land. And then since then we've had maybe four or five good seasons. And yeah. then the rest have been like under 500 
seasons of the past mm. after that. Pascal only had is consistently good. It wasn't great, but it was good seasons. But won't get eligible every year. But it sounds like that's all you want is good. Exactly. They're they don't the want school great. in my. They don't want great. If you want my opinion, it is a basketball school, but. It is a very cheap school. They do not pay their college football coaches. But what, what SU needs for the for the football program is to recruit some kid that's a three star recruit, border on a four star recruit that shows up here and just lights the world on fire. Quarterback, receiver, something to that effect, a running back. But what good is that going to do if he doesn't that, have a team to back him up? But what will happen is he may draw another kid in that's. You know, oh. so if you if you get a five star recruit to come here, if you get one of the top recruits in the nation, which is never going to happen, because these kids are all going to go to Alabama, they're going to go to Georgia, they're going to go to Florida State, they're going to go to Miami. These are big name schools, and when you think of right. football well, SU, schools, SU isn't a big enough degree to matter exactly. to kids mm-hmm. that can get it from LSU or exactly. wherever. Right, and and if if you have a choice, if you're a top tier football player. If you have a choice between SU and any school down south, yeah, are you gonna you're gonna come to the to the crappiest place? Well, otherwise, but it's like, well, you, but it's like you said, it's it's all about playtime. If if they're on the if they're on the border of, they could be great, but they just need somebody to see them. I, I see what you're saying. I understand it a little bit better now. Yeah. Um, well, if you're a top tier uh, kicker, maybe I'll come to Syracuse because I'll be kicking right. in a dome. Right, and and they always have good kickers. They've, we've we've had always had, that's been we've we in the eighties and nineties we were known as kicker you. Yes. In the ninety in the late eighties early nineties we we're known as linebacker you because you had Keith Bullock, a couple of oh. other guys, and we we're also known as wide receiver you because you had Marvin Harrison, Rob Moore, all these guys came. That, but that's when you had a good quarterback. You had Donovan McPherson. You had Don McPherson. You had these guys that could throw the ball and. They threw the ball a lot more. Now you're getting these guys like Sean Tucker. Um, I can't remember the kid's name necessarily there now. His first name is Legarrett something. Something like that. Something I like that. He's a good running back. Sean Tucker's a good running back. He should still be here, but he didn't want to wait around and take the chance of getting hurt. Like he decided to go to the NFL last year, didn't play in the bowl game, and didn't get drafted and signed with. Tampa Bay and he's making the league minimum but he's happy to be out of Syracuse I mean that tells you the dysfunction that the school football program has that the guys that are good enough to be here are stars to be here are leaving on the outside chance they might make the NFL they're not it's not even the fact that he if he stayed here and played this year I for sure guarantee he would have gotten drafted somewhere this this coming this draft but he left a year early on a chance that he might get drafted, and he didn't. And it's also surprising, too, because we had a quarterback named Tommy DeVito, and then he transferred to Illinois for one year, and he's yeah. now the New York Giants starting quarterback, and they're playing the Sopranos theme song when he's entering MetLife Stadium. I'm like, they're like, this guy's amazing. I'm like, he was never this good at Syracuse. But he was but he was decent at he was decent in Illinois. I watched him play. Okay. He the first game he played at Illinois. He they interviewed him after the game and he said it's the first time in my college career that I have not spent more time on my ass than I did on my feet. Huh. Interesting. And that was and that was a good I'll tell you right now, that was a complete dig at Dino Babers in the SU football program. Yeah. 
That's all it was. He said that was the first time in his college career that he was upright more than he was laying down. Yeah. And the quarterback well, they, got there, yeah, they had no, there this year, yeah. Schrader, he's good, but he got hurt. And I don't know what it was that hurt, how he got hurt. I don't know what happened to him. He hurt his shoulder. And the kid they brought in behind him, he wasn't any good either. And he ended up getting hurt. And he played the last game on a, a hurt leg, knee, something. And he couldn't throw the ball. So they became a one-dimensional team. They could only run the ball. So then they brought a, they brought the kid in that was the, the tight end that went to Michigan as a quarterback, transferred to SU and became a tight end. He actually ended up playing quarterback for the last three or four games. Jack, was that what it was? I You're think. right. You got it. And he actually was pretty good. But, again, they became a one-dimensional team. They would literally just turn around and hand the ball off, or this kid would run the ball. They didn't throw the ball very much. I think the first game he played, they threw five passes the whole game. Five or eight, I think. Eight yeah, it was, like, ridiculous. And they ran for, like, 300 yards or something like that. They won the game, which is weird. But that – so then you just – the defense just starts stacking the box. And you just start pulling guys in. You eight guys in the box. And I go, you can't run against that. And you have to be able to adjust. And he – and Dino just didn't adjust to it. He just kind of was like, well, we're going to have to keep doing it this way. Okay, you've got nine guys in the box. That means you're playing man-to-man on the outside. You have to be able to throw the ball out there. Even if the kid can't throw the ball, you have to at least be able to show that you can throw the ball. And he just – he wouldn't, and he would just run the ball. It's like – I hate to say it, but I went to CNS. My brother played football at CNS, and he played for a coach. His name was Tom Marzullo. And he literally would turn up, he would, the quarterback would turn around and hand the ball off and then run the ball up the middle every single time. Fourth, third and 18, and he'd hand the ball off and run the ball up the middle. First and 10, turn the ball, turn around, hand the ball off, let's get it up the middle. It was literally, you could guess what he, if they threw the ball 10 times in the game, consider it a good day. And then he didn't, the quarterbacks didn't complete 10 passes. They might have completed one or two, but if the ball left the air, the, the quarterback's hand in the air, it was a good day. And that, that comes from when he first, my brother first started playing. They had a kid there that was Bobby Campbell. And man, oh, I'm sorry, Bob O'Connor. Man, he could throw the freaking football. He could throw the ball about 60 yards in the air, and they threw the ball all the time. And then the next year, they were a running team, and that's all they did. So that's, those are good examples of how a coach can make or break a team. Mm-hmm. Even even with good players, if if they're playing bad strategy, if they're if they're telling him to run poor um, setups, whatever you want to call them, the, the, then the players never get an opportunity to show how good they are. Exactly. Yeah, I get it. I get it. And you know what? I'm not a sports ball fan, but I get it. (laughs) (laughs) I think we've beat football enough. So, yes, especially since we don't really talk football on this podcast. Thank you for entertaining my questions. I think it was a good conversation. I appreciate that. So, Paul, you want to talk a little wrestling? I mean, we already talked wrestling already. We did, but what do you got? Well, I was just going to go with this. Well, no, I, I, like I said to you the other night, you know, I was. I didn't watch Survivor Series because I don't have Peacock and I wasn't invited to watch it anywhere. Yeah. <laughs> and, I know. There's no pay-per-view invites that went out that I know of. 
<laughs> so, but I got I got a text message from uh from my ex because she, apparently she watches it. I I don't understand that, but whatever. So she said Punk and Orton came back, and I was like, what? So I had to go online and look, and I did, I waited till Monday night to text Paul um about that. So I was kind of I was kind of shocked. I mean, I, I had watched Monday Night Raw before that when uh Cody had mentioned Randy coming to Survivor yeah. Series. Um, and I had read a few things that, you know, he was returning and it was like, oh, he's returning here and he's returning here and stuff like that. But then when he finally did return, that was pretty cool. I mean, I, I like Randy Orton. I think he's a pretty decent wrestler, third generation wrestler, stuff like that. So it's it's good to see, it's good to see him back, um, especially from what he had come back from. Yeah. Um, so that, that was pretty cool. But I never thought I'd ever see Punk back there again. No, like we said, I, I don't think many people honestly thought it was going to happen and you know right. daddy is daddy is home <laughs> i love that <laughs> good and I, and I told you while we were texting monday night yeah. mark my that's words that's going to be his new t-shirt <laughs> yeah so that was pretty that's pretty cool i i i like that um again you know just talking punk i mean do you think mcintyre ran out of the arena because of him or do you think there was something else um that has been debunked McIntyre right. well I mean it the timeline has been debunked they said that he he bounced before Punk even came out but I mean they also said that all the 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 main event talent were aware that Punk was coming back at the end so I mean he still could have been pissed off and left before it happened anyway right but I don't I don't know um it's didn't hard to say in this day crying. and age what didn't he look like he was crying he um, like this. Yeah, he was. Yeah, yeah. yeah it was one. It was one if he had gotten hit. It was something was going on there or whatever. But yeah, he had his hand over his face when he was running out of there. Did you see on Monday Night Raw when he gave Seth Rollins that headbutt and immediately started bleeding? Mm-hmm. He must have. He must have hit the belt. You almost <laughs> never see that on TV. Yeah, saw, and yeah. Usually, if someone bleeds, they're off screen doing bleeding or whatever. But I mean, this was like live right in front of the camera. I was like, yes. holy shit! He actually cut himself. And yeah. then I was checking Seth to see if maybe you know he hit him. He must have hit the belt. That's what I thought. It was he had butted the belt by accident and yeah. cut his head open. I said the same thing as when he after it happened. I was like, holy shit! He hit the belt because he. I mean, like you said, it was immediate. It wasn't yeah, like like right in the middle he, of his head. Yeah, yeah. It wasn't like like he he. He actually like was like, uh, okay, yeah. Like he like looked. It wasn't like he did it on his, on his own. He, he was like, uh, I think I yeah, I cut myself. And then he just was like, well, fuck it, I'm just gonna go ahead with this. Right. That's what are you gonna do? Um, yeah. Uh, raw looks like they're they're lining up a bunch of new uh, angles, huh? Yeah. Yeah. Now we're getting Shinsuke and Cody. Well, you got to throw everybody at Cody. Yes, he's got to go through he... them all. Yeah, yeah. I, uh, I, I wondered aloud Monday night if now with the amount of baby faces we have on Raw, are we going to see a, a big name or two head on over to SmackDown? Maybe. And would it make sense to shuttle Cody over? So he can finish the story with Roman. Yeah. It's a possibility. Or do we pull a uh, a collision and do we send Seth to SmackDown just so they can avoid working with Punk? No. 
I think I think Seth is probably going to drop the belt soon. I mean, he he needs to stop and get surgery at some point. Yeah. Um. He he's already put enough shine on that new belt that if he dropped it tomorrow, it wouldn't hurt him at all. I think they're going to give him a little bit longer. Uh, but I would be surprised if he was still champ after WrestleMania. I was just, I especially they 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 telegraphed his back injury, which we know is legitimate. But I mean, again, nothing comes out unless it's scripted. This is all over the TV because they wanted to let people know they're making it part of the story. And part of that story is at some point it it's too much. He has to lose the belt and he has to go have surgery so that he can triumphantly come back. Right. Uh, so yeah, we know that's going to happen. Um. My other big question out of Monday night was um, Orton says he's going after all the bloodline. Yes. And he quickly walked that back by the end of the end of the episode (laughs) because, you know, Jay's a good guy now, no longer with the bloodlines and now they're cool. (laughs) Um, Do do we think that Orton was telling the truth or do you think he's going to come out and RKO him at some point? I mean, that's what he does. Yeah. Could it be next Monday to spoil the title shot? Maybe. Sorry if I ruined Raw for anybody next week. <laughs> now I have to watch to see if that's the actual case. Yeah. I got a feeling that he's going to, Gordon's going to come out and do something, or Drew's going to come out and do something, or Damian Priest is going to come out. Mm hmm. Yeah, he's yeah. running out of time to cash that in. He's got a few more months. <laughs> Does he still you know, have that? It feels yeah. like they have too many big stars now. I mean, they, they went from kind of not really having anybody but Roman and no one stood out to now they have a ton of people that stand mm-hmm. out. And it's it's weird now because WWE has become such a star-filled program, and I, I want to watch every minute of it. Where in AEW, I literally now just skip through the parts until MJF shows up because I have no interest in anything else happening on that show. Oh come on, Danhausen just came back, and I was just for fortuitous enough to actually tune in last Wednesday to see it. Um, but I don't, I don't know if he's actually wrestling any matches they yet. Won't I know do he was just hanging out. They know. won't do anything with him. They need to. Or they need to let him come over to the E as well. So, of course, I don't know if they would want him with his size. Yeah. So. Well, well, I will say this though: the uh, the Adam Page a Swerve Strickland uh, Texas Death Match was a thing of fucking beauty. That may be one of the, the best death match I've ever seen. Yeah, I didn't I mean, see with, it. I heard it was phenomenal. Without going into the, like the real crazy shit that they do on the indie circuit, which you know looks like two people trying to kill each other, that was fucking exceptional. And I that that was the best match of the show. Nice. Sorry. Excuse me. <clears throat> all right. Uh, is there anything else we want to touch on? Because I think we hit all the big points from WWE this week. Yeah. All right. Well, then I think we should probably move it along. To trivia time with Jack. After he gets up from oh. nappy time. What? Yes. Uh, all right. <laughs> what are we doing? All right, trivia. All right. Kev, pick a number between one and four. One. Which? Okay, so we haven't done trivia in a while. These are a little delayed, so they're Thanksgiving themed. <laughs> so, which city 
had th the Thanksgiving Day Parade end with Santa Claus getting the key to the city? New York. No. <laughs> Do you want to take another guess? No. He's like, no. Does anybody want to take a guess? There um, are Thanksgiving parades in other cities. I was surprised I when I heard this too. I thought it was Chicago. New York. Not Chicago. Orlando. Not Orlando. Tucson. Arizona. No. Okay. That's I'm enough. Tell us the fucking answer, New York. No, Detroit, Michigan. Okay. Nobody nobody cares about nobody, that parade. About that parade. Nobody cares. Any of them, to I be honest. By, like, because they're watching I watch the one in New York. I watch it every year. The Macy's Day one. Yeah, I know. I had a friend that was actually in the parade. Yeah. Um, we listen we listen to Alice's restaurant. We watch the, the oh, Macy's good. parade. I'm glad. That's good. Corbs, uh, pick a number two, three, or four. Three. Which U.S. president refused to declare Thanksgiving a holiday. Oh, what the fuck? Is he dead? I hope he's dead. Oh, he's long dead. <laughs> Good. Fucker. He is a fucker. Grover Cleveland. Nope, and your hint is he had a lot of children. Not Thomas all Jefferson. Were... There you go. I was about to say, not all were white. <laughs> okay. Do you think that maybe the Detroit Thanksgiving parade isn't such a big deal because people keep stealing the floats and driving them all over the city? <laughs> that's well, funny that's good that's good that's what jacked <laughs> oh i love it all right it's tough to, to, to watch the detroit parade when you're ducking for cover <laughs> two or four you two i got my shit back <laughs> all right so i don't need the exact weight but just around according okay. to the guinness book of world records how much was the heaviest turkey ever recorded oh jesus christ um <laughs> Around forty-two pounds, higher. Fifty-two pounds, way higher. Two hundred and thirty-six pounds. No, lower than that. Is it know. under a hundred? It is under a hundred. Ninety-seven pounds. Lower. Sixty-five. Higher. Eighty-six. What? Eighty-six pounds. Corpse there you go, corpse. Dressed? Yeah, he looked at oh, he went... oh cheater. Uh Corbs, is that dressed or before they got it? Moving along. You're the last one, Paul. I am. A Thanksgiving turkey mix-up inspired what popular meal trend? I know that. This Stuffing? one I did know. I, what's up? Stuffing? No, a meal. Meal trend. Fucking tacos. I don't know. No. So I'm those thinking... were the fr those are frozen TV dinners. Oh. Okay. Oh, I didn't think that was that wasn't what I was gonna guess. What were you gonna guess? The Trudukin. The Trudukin, yeah. All right. What? So in history in 1877, US inventor Thomas Edison demonstrates hen the handcrafted phonograph, which he probably stole. He stole all his inventions. Um, in 1950, from aliens, from exactly. aliens. Just let's just get it straight. Go ahead. Uh, yeah, in 1952, Eisen President Eisenhower visits Korea to help boost morale in uh, the Korean War, and in 1987, Joe Montana at the time set the NFL record for 22 consecutive passes in a football game. Um, Anna Ferris is 47 years old. 
Don Cheadle is 59. And so NFL athlete Steph, what's up? So he looks every day of it. He does. And then NFL athlete Stefan Diggs is 30 years old. Outstanding. All right. Before we throw it to break, uh, let me hit you guys with this uh, this weekly topic. Uh, I don't think this is a reuse because I did find out that my uh, my Halloween tradition one was a reuse. I went back and saw it, so I apologize, guys. Uh, but anyway, this week I want to know what fictional character has had a lasting effect on your life? Mm. And the guys will let us know when we return from the break. Stick with us. Do you guys actually want to break now? I can put the kid to bed and give you a minute to think about that. Yeah. I, okay. I gotta go to the bathroom. Okay. Uh, I'm gonna kill it. We'll uh we'll see you back in a few. Now right, go get in the bed. Bye. Fucking weird. Looking for the hottest new comic on the shelf or a key back issue to complete your run? How about that rare statue or action figure that you've scoured the internet looking for? Come to Collectibles Galore, located in North Syracuse with ample off-street parking. Collectibles Galore has a huge selection of comics, toys, and rare pop culture items you won't find anywhere else. Comics Galore is always buying comics and toys and will give you the fairest price for your collection. New customers get 15% off their first purchase in-store. Collectibles Galore for all of your pop culture needs. Stop in and see for yourself why Collectibles Galore is THE king of comics. topic let me reiterate guys what fictional character has left a lasting impression on your life i don't think that's how i said it the first time no Um, what do you you miss america (laughs) what fictional character has had a lasting effect on your life okay i was pretty close all right who wants to go first i want to go first okay so which character is it what (laughs) (laughs) What did you say? I said, which Star Wars character is it? <laughs> it's not, actually. Not quite. Believe it or not. Um, so, but you'll understand you'll when I tell you who it is and why, hmm. you'll understand why my favorite current Star Wars character is what it, who it who it is. So when I was a kid, 
I read all sorts of comic books. I read all different kinds, uh, Marvel, DC, whatever. I was fed DC comics when I was very young. And that's how I got into comics was because I had them and I knew what they were. And it's what you do to a kid. You hand him, hand him something to keep him occupied. It's like kids hand, yeah. handed phones these days. Uh, but mine, the one what, that I gravitated towards as I understood, you know, who the different characters were, was Spider-Man. Mm -hmm. Because he was just a normal kid. He was just somebody. He just was well, nobody is who he was. Um, wanted to be somebody. Um, and then all of a sudden got this, you know, uh, ability to do more. Found out the hard way that uh, he needed to do more with what he had. Otherwise, you know, the the... the the good will suffer and the evil will prevail. Um, but yeah, that, that had a profound effect on me. It was, it was the reality of the fact that, you know, you didn't have to be born into something to be something. Nice. I like it. That's way more deep than I think at least some of us are going to go myself included. <laughs> um, all right. I like that way to go. Who wants to go next? All right, I'll go. Um, we've all, probably, at least one person's probably, Corb's probably could have said this one, but mine's probably a little obvious. You go the underdog story, Rocky Balboa, because um, when I was a kid, my dad, I was like sick or something like that. He comes home from the video store and he's like, I have five VHS tapes with me. I'm like, what are we watching? He's like, all the Rocky movies and all that. I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> so uh, Rocky Balboa, the true underdog story, Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. I don't know. The music's always been good in those movies. Um, he just has never quit. Um, and Burt Young, who played Polly in the movies, uh, recently died too, which was really sad. My dad and I were talking about that a couple weeks ago. Uh, but Rocky Balboa, Sylvester Stallone, he was even an underdog. Because when the movie was first made, um, he wrote this movie and he went to all the studios, Sylvester Stallone, and wanted this to be made. He's like, the only thing I want to do is, because he saw Muhammad Ali and Chuck Webner's fight. And that's when he got the idea for the movie Rocky. So he's like, I want to do this movie. All the studios were like, okay, we'll have uh, Paul Newman be Rocky. He's like, no, you don't understand. This is my movie. This is what I want to do with it. And he turned into this billion dollar franchise and he inspired to do the spinoff of the Creed movies. But all these Rocky movies, like just Rocky Balboa, like it resonates with me because like, I don't know, his quotes in the movies, the way he fights for Adrian, fights for what he believes in. Yes, it's corny. He's going against the Russian or Mr. T or Clubber, Clubber Lane. Like all Clubber Lane, Mr. T's part, but still. Thunderlips, Hulk Hogan. Yes, it's corny, have, but it's really cool. What, were you what? How in the hell did he convince anyone to produce his first movie when he only knew maybe like 12 words <laughs> that he could actually speak out loud that people would understand? Well, hey, that's he's it. improved he's over the years. He's up to like 15. Oh, I know. Well, like, I know. You got to admit, though, Sylvester so Stallone, too, he's got billion dollar franchises. He's not stupid. Now, honestly, he knew what he was doing at that. He but was I, a monk from the street that could barely speak. The reason he can't speak, too, because, like, I heard somewhere when he was born, the doctor, when they took him out of the mom's womb and pulled him out so fast, that's why part of his face was all partly paralyzed. Yeah. I'm not saying, but Rocky Balboa, I think, when, is. Uh, so that he was, with me. So this 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 what 
weird looking kid comes in <laughs> off the street with this story, who the hell's gonna buy that? Well, that's, why they, that's why they kept wanting other people to play rock. Right. Yes, exactly. Paul Newman. They didn't want Burgess Meredith at first. They wanted other people to play Mickey and all that. But Sylvester Stallone said, but he just stayed tough. That was a $1 million movie in 1976 that won Best Movie, Best Actor, and all that. And it spun this Whoa. whole franchise. And it's Whoa. over a billion dollars now. But Whoa. Rocky Balboa, I would say, resonates with me. Okay. I, I love Sly. I love Sly. I think he's great. <laughs> no, I know you do. It's that, just like, ow. That definitely came across, Kev. <laughs> no, no, no. I do. I Now, never watched a Rocky movie in my entire life. Oh my god! I don't I care. Seen you do what you want. Do yeah, nope. I've seen them all probably hundreds of times, and I can quote them all. Nope. Anyway, you should Next. just call on people, Paul. Call all right, you them. go. Um, I mean, this should be pretty obvious. It's Doctor Who. I mean, how could it be anything else? Um, I mean, I may love Batman, I may love Spider Man, but it all started with Doctor Who, and um. <clears throat> As an example, the third Doctor, he was my James Bond, even though I did watch James Bond films, unlike some people here. Uh, but he he was the debonair spy type guy. There was the fourth Doctor who was the goofball who got angry sometimes. The fifth Doctor who was much younger and, you know, I was able to to understand a little bit better. And, you know, I just go back to, I think it's 1978's Genesis of the Daleks when, you know, the Daleks, you may not realize this, but at one point, the Daleks and Doctor Who were actually bigger than the Beatles. In the sixties, wow. in, in in Britain, there was a point in time where the Dalek mania took off and they actually put Doctor Who against the Beatles on some variety show and Doctor Who won the ratings. So I mean it's the, the Daleks are, are are were huge. Um so this is his, his greatest enemy, the most evil things in the galaxy and Genesis of the Daleks. They end up going back in time to when the Daleks were first created and the doctor has an opportunity. All he has to do is cross these two wires and he will blow up the tanks of the gestating Daleks before they're put into their, their casings and he will destroy the universe's most evil beings, wipe them out of existence. And he can't do it. He asks himself, do I have the right to do this? Even knowing what they're going to do, if you if you found Hitler as a baby, would you kill Hitler as a baby? That actual line has been used in other things in sci-fi and stuff, you know, in the past few years. But that's the first time I heard it, and I thought it was very profound uh, statement on morality. Is it okay to do something immoral to stop other great injustices? It's a good question, and that formed my moral ideology. And Doctor Who absolutely still to this day has an impact on me. Nice. Very good answer. It was the fourth. first doctor that I saw, by the way, just so we know. The fourth? No, the third. Oh, third. Okay. Um, Mine is, I mean, it's kind of like, I mean, Jack kind of took with the one I was going to go with, but uh, I'm going to go with, now, understand what I'm going to say. It's based on a movie. So I'm going to go with the Cleveland Indians. I know the Cleveland Indians are an actual baseball team. I'm talking about the team for Major League. Rick Vaughn, uh, Willie Mays Hayes, Jake Taylor, Serrano, uh, what the fuck's his name? It's Corbin Burnson. Yeah, oh, Roger, Dorn. Yeah. Roger Dorn. Dorn. So that, that to me, I mean, I grew up playing baseball. I always enjoyed playing baseball. I was very good at it. 
Um, so that movie resonated with me. Uh, was something that I wanted to do with my life. So I got to watch it. I watched it the first summer that it came out. Um, I think I bought the DV, not the DVD, I bought the VHS and I wore it out to the point where I had to buy another one. That's, That's awesome. How much I, I literally watched it that first summer that it came out or the first summer that it came out on VHS I, and when I had it. I think I watched it every single day. Yeah, kids, because this is back in the day when it would be like a year plus before you would get a homemade, a home version of a movie it's not like it's out of the theaters at the end of june and you have it at home by freaking july 1st so yeah so i mean to to me that was that movie just resonated with me uh you know playing baseball you know just wanting to have a good time while doing it um so that was just it was just my that was my go-to thing like i always just i needed if I was feeling down, you need to pick up, but I'd watch the movie because you just laugh throughout the entire thing. And to this day, I still quote that movie. <laughs> uh, so it just, and it's a, it's a classic. Um, uh, my mom, she loves it every time it's on, you know, she'll put it on and watch it for a little while. Every time it's on, I, I watch certain scenes in it. Sometimes I'll turn it on and it's like 10 or 15 minutes in it. And next thing you know, I'm an hour into it. And I'm like, well, I'm an hour and 15 minutes in this movie. There's only 30 minutes left in it. Right. I watch the whole thing. You got to finish it. Yep. So, so yeah. So that for for me, it's 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 them. It's Rick Vaughn, Willie Mays, Hayes, Roger Dorn, Lou Brown, uh, you know, Jake Taylor, all these guys. It was just, it was just, it was fantastic just to watch them and and want to be that person. You know, what I would be, I want to be a combination of those people. Um, when I, you know, when I was playing, I, I wanted to be the funny guy, but I also wanted to be the veteran that kids looked up to and stuff like that. And I felt that I became that as I got older and as my my career progressed into high school and stuff like that. So it was nice. Okay. When exactly did you wake up in a parking lot and have to run back into the, the stadium? <laughs> That would have been the summer of ninety one or ninety two. That is my favorite scene in that movie. (laughs) All right, Uh, so mine, um, because as usual, I have to break my own rules. Um, is more of an archetype, Uh, and it's one that started back in nineteen seventy seven with my good friend Han Solo. Uh, it's always the the roguish scoundrel kind of guy, the the smartass who doesn't really seem to care about anything, and it's gone from from there to uh, I'd have to say the last one that resonated with me would have been in 2014 with uh, Star Lord Peter Quill, um, but the luminaries in that would be your your Han Solo, your Peter Quill, and of course Randall Graves from <laughs> Clerks, uh, as if there was any fucking question that that would get thrown in this somehow so um it's it definitely informed my sense of humor especially randall um but i'm kind of like and and just my outlook on life is kind of the whole like fuck you thing i'm gonna do it my way like i i don't care 
for better or worse, that's who I am. That's then that's where I can trace it back to is uh is uh, a former carpenter there. Not Jesus, that's for damn sure. <laughs> <laughs> Got real deep there yeah. for a minute. <laughs> wow. This is getting a little <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah, that's definitely me. Take it all the way back. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that was a good you one. Know, you, that. Just you saying that, the way you described your archetype, you really need to watch Firefly. I do, and it, it's another one that I really want to, and I own it. I own the complete series, and I've just You've never... never seen Firefly. No, no, I've seen. I think I've seen parts of Serenity, which of course is doing it backwards because that was. Oh after God. the series right yeah. yeah so yeah yeah malcolm reynolds there was right? just there was just a uh um uh what do you want to call it um uh, marathon mm. and kathy got to see it nice and she's yeah. like she's like this is just like the mandalorian i'm like <laughs> this is where it all comes from nice uh and, and laura tells me that uh the the one dude jensen eccles character because i can't remember the name right now because of concussions from supernatural also fits into that dean i I can see i've got to get back into that one too so i actually remember which one is which sam and dean at least i remember their first names now um yeah i've also been told that that fits into the same archetype yeah so yeah so all right uh since we're talking about fictional characters let's roll it right into the midstream report guys what are you watching i got one have so and and we didn't even know about it we're just like flipping around looking for stuff we hit netflix and there's squid game the challenge we do not watch really the whole reality stuff i just do not watch reality don't care about it this thing had us riveted from the very first minute until the last uh, the last episode that they had released, we just watched it the other day. So they've dropped three episodes since, um, or, uh, since we last uh, were in there. One through four, one through five, whatever was out. We watched all those. Very, I mean, it was it was awesome because you know we 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 watched the series, we loved the series, um, and we wanted to see how the game, the challenge, actually how they handled different things. And I, I, I'm going to be honest with you. I was really hoping that they went through and killed the people that failed. <laughs> but they didn't. <laughs> Generally, they, they kind of don't do that in TV shows. But, you know, all depending upon where they filmed it, <laughs> right. they could have. And with the lawsuits that are coming out, they should have. all right right. um jack you want to go next what are you watching uh so haven't watched much but just the other day um for last christmas i put together our old home movies that uh for our for my parents because we were we had them on vhs tape for years and all that so it was like about like 40 of them so you guys are all the techies better than i am but i was pretty impressed i took the it's probably easy to do, but for me, it was a challenge at first, but I got it because you had to met, met um, I put them all from VHS tapes to DVDs. So you had to, uh, it was a little difficult because like the words, like when you hit people's mouths move, like it's a little 
faster, a little slower, but whatever. Long story short, it was kind of cool watching these whole movies because we lived in Vegas actually for two years when I was like five and six years old, which was really neat. That's um, two years. That's two years. Yeah, two years. Six, yeah, yeah that, you can do math. You can count. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's my cutoff. That right there. That's. <laughs> I know. I know. But no, um, it was cool. Like seeing uh, my parents much younger, my siblings. Um, every in all the home movies, you can make this into a drinking game a little bit. Because my dad, when he's panning out, he's like saying fading, fading, and then like it goes black. So he says that like maybe in every like it's like a skit, and then you go to the next segment, the next thing, and then my brother is always like, "Can I see in there now?" And my dad's like pushing him away to say, "Go away, we don't want to see you and all that." But um, you can see my dad trying to hold it to get. I'm like a baby because my brother and sister are like five and six, so I'm um, like I'm just still a little kid. Like I'm like. Like, they're trying to pick me up and all that. But, like, my dad's in one scene. This is totally funny. Uh, my grandparents had a dog named Sweetie, a poodle. So he's like, oh, sweetie. Hi, girl. Hi, girl. She comes up to my dad. He's like, and, like, throws up in his hand. <laughs> and, like, he's like, holy fuck. Aunt, get in here. The dog, the dog puked in my hand. My mom's taking the camera going like this. Like, I got it, honey. I got it. My dad's like, put the fucking camera down. Okay, got kids, keep sweat, keep doing your thing. And like my my brother and sister are like painting a picture. And like my mom's like, oh, that's so good. My dad's like, it's everywhere right now. It's everywhere. But it's just so funny watching these old home movies because like my dad's trying to keep it together because he just like wants to yell at my brother and sister. Like my sister's like, oh, my dad's like, oh, sweetie, you're doing a good job. You're doing great. My brother, my dad's like, to my brother's like, cut the shit, cut the shit, go over there. <laughs> so, exactly. And then he sees me, he's like, he's like, Jack, you still over there? Okay, good, we're good, we're good. <laughs> it sounds like you have a bunch of home movies of your father emotionally abusing your family. It was fun watching these home movies, and then like my dad refuses to watch them. He's like, he's like this. He's like, oh, I wonder why. <laughs> but no, it's kind of cool because like since then my grandparents have passed on, but we get to watch like wow, way to bring movies, it down. <laughs> I know, but like, well, they used to have a cottage in Rochester, and they lived right on the water. It was this little shack, but like I was like, oh my god, I remember that little shack and all that stuff. But it was really cool. But then you would see like my grandpa hold the home movie camera, and then he's like, and then it would just be like my dad all over it. Is it? Yeah, it's like all over the place, but. Uh, some like yeah, I didn't watch much, but I watched a couple home movies. I'm like, oh my god, this is pretty impressive. These are good. Yeah, you you think uh, your dad would sign off rights to let us release that one of the the dog? That's. I wish honestly, <laughs> um, because you guys remember the show America's Funniest Home Videos with Bob Saget. I yeah. would have definitely have sent one of these to that show for sure. Or Tom Bergeron. Had, I know, but Bob Saget was just the original. He's the OG man. Yeah, well, it's still going. Um, what's his name there from uh, Cosby? No, it's um. I hope not. <laughs> no, not Cosby. What the hell? That... No, Fresh Prince. He's oh, you're Fresh thinking Prince. Alfonso Romero? Jeffrey. Right? Not Jeffrey. He yeah. does. Yeah, he's Alfonso the guy. He's the host now. He's the yeah. host now. Carlton. Yeah, yeah Carlton. Alfonso Romero yeah. was his name or something yeah. like that. Yeah. But and, and if, if if enough years have passed then you're 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 good you don't have to worry about it statute limitations and stuff <laughs> outstanding uh hugh you want to hit it what was the question uh, what are you oh, watching yeah. what am i watching 
Um, I am watching Monarch Legacy of Monsters. Um, I I gotta tell you, I don't. I'm not a fan of Apple, but their TV division just knocks out hit after hit after hit, and it's it's tons of genre stuff from uh, Servant to a Silo to Changeling, and now to to Monarch uh, Legacy of Monsters. It's fucking great. And I'll tell you, seeing Kurt Russell and Wyatt Russell play two different versions of the same character, and sometimes they'll zoom in on one, and then it'll times change to the time of the other, and you can see they look like the same person because they're father and son. It's fantastic. I mean, and you know what? You you think, oh, well, they're doing Godzilla on TV. There's not going to be a lot of monster action. Yes, there is more time to unpack the human element, but the monster shit is there, and it's big, and it's bold, and I'm just blown away by what they're doing with this series. It's and is it tying in with, like, the new movie and everything and all of the... Uh... Well, the new Whatever movie is it. Godzilla minus one, and that's the Japanese Godzilla that has nothing to do with the the American. Oh, because the the clips I saw it looked similar to well, our Godzilla. The, yeah, but Japan's Godzilla kind of looks more like our Godzilla now. I mean, they they changed, it makes but sense. it's yeah, but but that is the uh, let's call it the Toho original yes. one. Whereas this is the uh, the legendary film series that we've been. Yes, the uh, oh God, what are they calling it? The MonsterVerse. Uh, no, that was the failed thing with Tom Cruise. Godzilla it? versus Kong verse. I don't. Yes, know. that one. The the verse verse. Yeah, the verse verse. Um, but uh, yeah, th- this is great. And if you're not watching it, I mean, I I don't know who the fuck has Apple TV. I mean, does anyone here have Apple TV? No. Oh, okay. Because I actually don't know anybody who's ever said to me, "Oh, I have Apple TV." So I'm like, how do they keep fucking? I, I don't. Know. You know what I think happened? Apple's like, we're in everything else. We're not going to be the number one streaming platform, but let's put out some really good shit and win some awards. That that's my <laughs> guess. I don't know, nice. uh, but this is good stuff. If you can, if you have a, a way to get Apple TV, does it come with iPhones? I don't know. You get a year. It does now. Like now okay. you can. Yeah, it's one of those things. Yeah, it, it's definitely worth it because, I mean, j- just for this show, this is one of those event shows you do not want to miss. Nice. I also, I probably shouldn't say this because I didn't watch it through uh, proper channels, but it's not coming out here until next year. Um, I had a chance to catch Orphan Black Echoes. Oddly enough, the, the sequel to Orphan Black has been released in Australia and isn't being released here until next spring. I don't know why that is. So what you're that, telling us is you flew out to Australia for the for the ex- premiere, yeah? Exactly, or I might have used a VPN. I don't know, uh, but it's AMC, and <laughs> you know, it's, to help here. <laughs> don't help, you know what? I don't care because here's the thing: why the fuck are they waiting five months to release it here? I don't get that. But anyway, um, Orphan Black Echoes was good if you're a fan of the original. Um, mm-hmm. There are characters, believe it or not, even though it's a different story and it takes place in a much later time. There are legacy characters that are going to show up, not going to ruin anything. It is not the same story. It is a completely different story in a similar vein. And oh, it definitely ends on what looks like they, I mean, if they stop it now, we didn't get the whole story. There has to be a season two. Nice. Um, I will say. <clears throat> coughing. Sorry. I did not connect with the characters as much as I did the original. Uh, which is weird because I love Kristen Ritter and I love everything she's in. You know, she's fantastic. So I, I, I don't know why I didn't quite connect with the characters enough, maybe because they all weren't being played by the same actress. Um, but I, I think that I'm coming Ooh, at spoiler it. Spoiler alert! 
God, oh. Hugh. You'll forget by next uh, year. I, I think I think that I came at it ex- because if you remember the original Orphan Black, you uh-huh. were you were enraptured right from oh, yeah. scene one. Um, this is just a really good show set in that universe. It doesn't quite have that pull, but I think that pull really was due to Tatiana Maslany playing all those characters. I, that, that's something you can't recreate. If you if you pull away that and don't go in with that expectation, it's actually a pretty fantastic show. Nice. I'm going to go into it with an open mind. I'm, we're definitely going to watch it. You, you should, because it's worth it. It's definitely worth watching. I was just like, you know, about halfway through, I'm like, you know what? I really like this, but I don't feel the same way about it as I do did Orphan Black. That's fair. Cool. All right. Corbs, you want to bring it home? What are you watching? Uh, I am watching uh, Lawman, Fast Reads. That's uh, t- another Tyler Sheridan uh, written show. Uh, on Paramount Plus, uh, it's pretty good. It's uh, it's about the first black U.S. marshal uh, working in the South, which at the time during the Civil War, which would, was totally unheard of uh, in the Texas. He's in the Texas area, so he worked Texas, New Mexico area. Um, basically, worked in the Indian territories um, because he was able to resonate with the indians he uh, he was a slave that was this blazing saddles and you're just getting them confused (laughs) we don't need no stinking badges the new sheriff is a ding (laughs) (laughs) excuse me while i whip this out (laughs) Um, so yeah it's a a good show uh bass reeves is a, a slave that uh Escapes from his owner after the Civil Wars. His owner was a general in the Civil War. Um, he leaves because they were asked to do something that was inhumane. Um, they were asked to kill a bunch of people, and they decided that he decided he didn't want to. So he left. Took uh, basically took his took his ball and went home. His his owner did. When they got back to their plantation, he gave him a chance to. Um, win his freedom and his owner cheated. He ended up beating up his owner and knocking him out so that he could get away. So he ended up uh, escaping, he ended up in uh, the Indian territory where nobody could kind of find him. Um, ended up with a, a woman there that had a son. Um, the son is killed and he decides to leave and he heads for uh, another town the next town over or whatever. And when he's there, he finds the girl that the woman that he was with at the plantation, she has been set free um, by the plantation owner's wife. So she's living in a, in a big city with their son. Yes. Yes. I remember this. I remember this. This is the part where I say, didn't they bring up Bass Reeves on 1883? I seem to recall hearing that name. Wasn't he name dropped in that show? I think so, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think he was yeah. So but it's it's a decent show. Uh, uh, I watched the first three episodes. I do believe there's two more that has have been dropped that I haven't seen yet. So and then uh, I'm also watching I think I mentioned this last time I was watching Billy the Kid uh, on Stars, which is now MGM. So that one I'm still a couple of episodes behind. It hasn't many new episodes. I don't know if that was done because of the writer strike, 
or not, there was only, I think, only five or six episodes this this year. So I haven't had a chance to, to watch the last couple episodes of that. So hopefully now that the golf season's over with, I'll get a chance to watch a few more things. Nice. All right. Well, I've had no time to watch anything other than Survivor Series. So I think that uh, brings us right up to the end of this bastard. Really? That's <clears throat> it really does. Well, then drop your nuggets. We can all get out of here. All right. So I was in Wegmans the other day and grabbed the last two loaves of bread. This old woman behind me saw there was none left, and she was pretty bummed out. She looked weak and feeble, so Mm -hmm. I went over to her cart and took her milk and eggs. Sorry, Mildred, but this is survival of the fittest. Good night, everybody, and mega bite me, bitches. This has been a Geek Pod Network production. Son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> what a fucking dick. Seriously. All right. You, ready you for would titles? beat up an old lady. The I'm sad part is you would probably do that. Oh, I don't I didn't write any titles down. Did you? I got them for you. I wrote them. All right, I got two, I guess. Everybody's got two. Four. All right. Order. Four. Order. <laughs> Order. Kev, me, you, Corbs, Jack. Got it. All right, ready? No, Hugh. I got my titles. No. Yeah, everybody else would like their titles. Um, uh, Hugh, Jiggery Porkery, or Jiggery Pokery, and Float Jacking. Can you just please say Porkery? <laughs> porkery. <laughs> Corbs. Yeah. Roads are safe. For and now. Kicker You. Jack. Kickery You. I'm going bald. And Edison, the thief. Come on, is there no one taking it up the ass? No, because we can't use that. <laughs> We're not AEW here. Oh god. Uh, um my buddy Dave texted me, and it's not a spoiler for the show, but apparently uh Edge Dropped a fucking f bomb and it went uncensored on the show tonight. Yeah, I'm frozen again. That's yeah, awesome. you are. <laughs> Perfect. I'm not, I'm not starting my shit up again, so you're gonna have to you're do, gonna do a frozen. I'm yeah. Okay with it. <laughs> All right, we ready? Do it quick because my shit's gonna end soon. <laughs> All right, ready? Here we go. <laughs>